Fake News Flash is brought to you by ASDefense.com, home of ASD knives and boomstick holsters. ASD currently sells Cobra Tech dual action out the front automatic knives. With the push of a button, the blade will come right out of the handle. Push it again and the blade will retract. These are high quality automatic knives with tons of options, including graphics. Not only are Cobra Tech knives reliable, but they're not going to break the bank. Get your Cobra Tech automatic knives now at ASDefense.com. ASDefense.com. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank RNP Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. RNP Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right, we're going to have um, a couple of guests today. Michigan gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon is going to be joining us uh, right about 3.30. About 5 o'clock, Clifton French is going to be joining us with a story that I took a poll on yesterday. And the poll results are very interesting, I think. Uh, For those of you who missed it, uh, the poll that I I posted, a link to it on Truth Social, but it was hosted on Telegram at Casey the Host, was if a teacher should be allowed to moonlight as an adult film star. And he had three options on there. So the results, I think, were very interesting from the... uh, the totally not at all scientific poll that I did on Telegram. But still, nonetheless, pretty interesting. It was closed for a while, and then it just one of the, the results broke away. So we'll talk with uh, Clifton about that scoop a little bit later on in the program today. And again, Tudor Dixon running for governor in Michigan. She'll be joining us at 3.30. Uh, there are some people who have asked if I'm going to get other candidates from, from Michigan on. Uh, yeah, I would love to have them on. Uh, Tudor Dixon's people reached out to me, um, which they, they're the first and the only ones that I'm aware of to do that nobody else has done that yet although audience has asked me to get other people on so um hopefully we'll have the other candidates on as well all right i wanted to go over this and i know that everybody's kind of talked about this but there's an article that's been written about it and this is a bit of a different angle um some of the stuff that we've covered you know after the the row decision you know, all of a sudden you had a bunch of companies, you had, you know, the DOJ, the Pentagon, everybody else is out there saying, oh, we're going to, you know, violate our institutions, which they're telling you are sacred. January 6th committee is on right now, and they're talking about the sanctity of our institutions and all of this other stuff while everybody's running around just completely ignoring the Supreme Court of the United States. Just something for you all to consider. And you had these companies now basically saying, hey, we're going to make sure that our employees can go get abortions. So we will provide as a benefit to our employees travel to get an abortion. Now, of course, this was celebrated by some people as, oh, thank you, Mr. Company. This is not at all. They're going to spin it this way, but this is not at all a positive thing for the employees. This is purely a market economic strategy by the company. You see, it costs a lot less for you to kill your kid than to have it. It costs a lot less for the company for you to kill your kid than to take maternity or paternity leave off. It costs a lot less money for the company to kill your kid than to cover the cost of insurance for that kid, whatever the company's contribution to your insurance plan is. So this is purely an economic move. For the company, it is cheaper for you to kill your kid than it is for you to have the child. 
It affects their productivity. They can't fire you because you got pregnant. So this is for them. It's it's a simple numbers game. It isn't about women's rights or anything. It is purely about saving them money and making sure that their little worker bees show up for work on time and don't have to take time off to you know give birth and stuff. And for those of you out there who doubt that, in spite of the absolute flawless logic of it, um, for those of you who doubt that, let me ask you this question. Why haven't those exact same companies provided adoption support for their employees? If this were truly about making sure that, you know, birthing people who work for that company... If this were truly about making sure that birthing people who work for the company uh, are supported throughout a time of pregnancy, then why wouldn't they also simultaneously provide the option for the women who are pregnant for that company to go through the pregnancy and give up the child for adoption? If this were truly about supporting women, and making sure that women were able to make whatever decision was best for them and the company would be standing by them because that's their employee and they value their employee as a human being, then the company would provide an equal type of service to women who are going through the process of having a child and having a child with the intention of giving it up for adoption. But these companies aren't doing that, are they? Because it isn't about that. It is purely about making sure that their employees can go ahead and kill their kid and then they don't have to pay for maternity leave paternity leave the insurance and the loss of of uh you know productivity that inevitably comes with becoming a parent that's all it is now let me ask you an additional question because there will be some of you who are so out there that you still can't see that logic because again the sky in your mind, is bright red at high noon because you just you have confirmation bias. You will not accept it. So let me ask you this additional question. This is where the article from Chrissy Clark came in today. Why haven't any of these companies that have vowed to cover abortion, travel, and costs and everything else for their, their employees, why haven't they done the same thing for the women and fathers who work for them, who desperately need baby formula. Dramatic pause. Waiting for somebody out there to just kind of click it. I know it's only a Tuesday. I get that it's warm outside today. I understand that. But if this were truly, again, about protecting their employees and supporting their employees through the process of whatever is their best decision going through and either getting an abortion and supporting them through that process and covering costs for that, supporting them through the pregnancy, supporting them through the pregnancy and then helping them with adoption services. Why haven't they done those last two things? They're only providing monetary benefit and time off for travel, for abortions, but they also didn't do anything. I didn't hear a single thing about any company who is now offering to go out there like Yelp, for example. Yelp, Yelp. What does Yelp do? Ben, remind me. What does Yelp do? What do people do on Yelp? Restaurant reviews, right? Food, right? The entire existence of Yelp is about food. I know they do some other reviews and things, but it's about food. 
Yelp didn't offer to get their employees baby formula when their kids were starving. Yelp didn't step up and and create some kind of a network for wet nurses to help children who were starving. Yelp didn't stand up and source breast milk from any women who were selling it on online or Craigslist or what have you. Yelp didn't do any of that. Neither did OkCupid or Alaska Air or Lyft or Facebook or any of these other companies. Why is it? Why? And I already know that you know the answer. This is facetious, obviously. But why is it that they didn't help the parents that work for that company whose children were starving because there was no baby formula? Why didn't these companies help them find baby formula? They'll help them go one state over and kill their kid, but they won't help them through the process of pregnancy. They won't help them through the process of adoption. They won't even allow for that option whatsoever because, again, that's expensive. There's still time off. Okay. It's it's still it's an expensive process, much easier to just, you know, put them in a car, drive them across the border, take them to a clinic, drive them home, drop them off and say, all right, we'll see you Monday, Sarah. You're back at work on Monday. You have the weekend off. And none of them, none of them lifted a finger to help their employees get baby formula. None. 14 companies that vowed to cover the cost of travel for a woman's abortion could not name a company-wide benefit or initiative to the Daily Caller News Foundation that helped employees pay for baby formula amid a nationwide shortage. Companies including Yelp, OkCupid, Alaska Air, Lyft, and Facebook's parent company Meta told the Daily Caller that they offer a litany of wellness and health care benefits to employees, including covering the travel costs for an abortion. However, none of these companies could provide a concrete example of how they are helping current mothers obtain baby formula amid the nationwide shortage. A nationwide shortage, which is going to continue to get worse, now that Abbott has had to close because of flooding. Interesting stuff, right? This ruling puts women's health in jeopardy, denies them their human rights, no it doesn't, and threatens to dismantle the progress that we've made towards gender equality in the workplace since Roe. First of all, you can't say gender equality because there's like 78 genders now. Business leaders must step up to support the health and safety of their employees by speaking out against the wave of abortion bans that will be triggered as a result of this decision and calling Congress to codify road into law. Hmm. Well, that is Jeremy Stoppelman, the CEO uh, and co-founder of Yelp. And yet he's not helping... The parents who work for them get baby formula for their kids when there's a national shortage of baby formula. Yelp is an international company. I, I'm unaware of Yelp or any of these other international companies doing what, you know, China did at the outbreak of the pandemic and buying up supplies in other countries and then bringing it home so that way they had Plenty of supplies for their people. I don't see Yelp going around and buying baby formula and figuring out creative ways to get them into the the country. Maybe talking to their Congress people or what have you, and um, figuring out how to work with the the newly relaxed regulations to allow baby formula to come in from other countries. I haven't seen Yelp do any of that. Have you? Because once again, and I know that this is a bit hy- hyperbolic. I understand that, but again, uh, a lot cheaper for your kid to starve to death. Than for, than for you to be taking time off and, you know, dealing with sniffles and dealing with, you know, 
school and practice and plays and award ceremonies and all that stuff. All of that costs companies money. All of it costs companies money. Never remember, well, never never forget this. Always remember this. Doesn't matter who you work for. You are just dollars and cents. Your coworkers might like you. You might like your coworkers. But at the end of the day, the company you work for only cares about dollars and cents. That's all you are to them. And that's all you will ever be to them. Doesn't matter who you work for. You could be working for your mom or dad or your children. That is still what you are to them in your capacity at that company. This is purely virtue signaling. Just like throughout the month of June, every corporation suddenly loves the rainbow. After June, not so much. But during June, they love the rainbow. In October, they really love pink ribbons. They want to actually donate any money to cancer treatment and stuff like that, but they really love pink ribbons in October. That's just how they are. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, Michigan gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon going to be joining us here in about 10 minutes or so. I had this conversation with somebody the other day, and I've had this conversation for many, many years because this used to be one of those things that would kind of come up when you talk about, you know, the abortion topic is, is um, you know, health of the mother and that sort of thing. And I had several OBGYNs on the show we used to do a thing in Las Vegas called Health Week. And during Health Week, it was the radio station for the entire week focused on various aspects of medical science, health, wellness, that sort of thing. And I used to do various topics and, and would have OBGYNs come in and talk about this particular issue. Then we would talk about stem cells and fitness and nutrition and, and you know abortion issues, plastic surgery. We would go through all of that stuff. And... It was interesting that year after year, back then, okay, keep in mind, I've been in town for, what, 11 years now. So back then, I kept having these OBGYNs come in and go, look, there's really no example of needing to perform an abortion to save the mother's life. It is so extremely rare. Now, it does happen, but we're talking about maybe tens of times a year in the United States. It's not a a major thing. And I've been talking about this for years. I was shocked to hear that number, by the way. I was stunned to have numerous OBGYNs tell me that they had never had a patient where it was medically necessary for an abortion. Usually what they could do is do a C-section, bring the child out, the child would live, they could perform whatever they needed to perform in the mother, and they would save the mother's life. It was never an issue to choose one or the other. It just wasn't something that had ever come up in their multi-decades careers. And this is always something that I return to this every single year as a topic because it's so interesting to watch the medical advancements here. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen occasionally, but this is just something that is really not medically a thing. Um, It's very, very, very ultra rare. Now, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because obviously with the, uh, the road decision, you're starting to see everybody pop on social media and tell you that women are going to die because of this, okay? Um, That's not true. 
This is the equivalent of having an, a local news anchor several years ago run around and tell you that the Re- uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act was going to allow paramedics to deny medical service to gay people in the streets, and they were going to be dying. That was a lie. It never was true. But still, you had local news anchors saying it here in town. And it was absurd to watch that kind of play out, just like it's absurd here. This None of this covers any medical needs for the mother. If they're trying to make the case that if the mom would die without an abortion, the mom would have to die because you can't have an abortion. That is not covered here at all, period. So you got a bunch of people out there. I'll give you an example. Uh, This one person, I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times, the treatment for an ectopic pregnancy, a septic uterus, or a miscarriage that your body won't release is abortion. If you can't get those abortions, you die, you die. Well, Okay, Um, let's just bring in an OBGYN who has over 30 years experience, 30 plus years of delivering thousands of babies, and I've never had to intentionally kill a fetus to save a mom and never lost a mom who would have been saved by an abortion. It's never needed. It's never needed. It's never needed to save a woman's life and saving women with miscarriages and ectopics also isn't abortion they then link to an aaplog article explaining all of this and i don't need to give you a ton of data i will put it in the daily show prep for everybody but he goes on he says lots of disinformation about ectopic and miscarriage care and lots of of use of the term septic uterus where do the majority of septic uteri come from it's a great question ben doesn't know i don't know Guess where they come from? In 30 years of doing GYN, the vast majority of septic uteri I have cared for were post-abortion complications. Now, there was a story here right before the Roe verdict was released. I don't know how many of you saw it, but a woman died from an abortion the day before Roe Roe was repealed. Nobody's talking about that woman. She went in for an abortion, and she didn't come out. She died. Got news for you. People die in abortions. People die from abortions. People die from complications from abortions weeks and sometimes months afterwards. That is a fact that is always ignored. Then there's the psychological damage, which forces many women to self-harm, self-medicate, and ultimately ruin their lives. Nobody wants to talk about that. There's a lot more to this, including the medical literature that was linked in this article. And I'm going to put it in the Daily Show prep because I know that you're probably running into people who are talking about this also. But I told I told somebody the other day about this is like, look, you know, this is something I was always surprised to find out. And they still didn't believe me. Like, I don't believe that. I don't I don't know. I don't believe it. There is this common perception that. Thousands, maybe tens of thousands, or even hundreds of thousands of women would die every single year without abortion. It's just not true. At one point in time, maybe it was. Luckily, with modern advancements in medicine, it isn't true now. Tudor Dixon is going to be joining us here in a couple of minutes. MNC News time is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, 
Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City, rbcarcompany.com. This will be the second time that we have had Tudor Dixon on the program. Tudor is running for governor as a Republican in the state of Michigan, trying to win the party's nomination to unseat Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Tudor Dixon, thank you for uh, joining us today. Appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. So the last time that we spoke, uh, a couple months ago, I believe, there was a lot more people in the field (laughs) that you were competing against. And I had to ask you about this is just like one of the remaining candidates. There's a lot of things that a lot of people have viewed as suspicious and appear to be potentially Governor Whitmer kind of outing her competition and kind of thinning the herd. And now you've survived that. But did you find anything suspicious at all about your Republican rivals in the primary, you know, not being able to be in this uh, this election anymore? Or was this their fault? You know, I think there were a lot of folks out there gathering signatures and uh, the signature, the per signature price kept going up. And that just, you know, it brings out people that are willing to do bad things. And I think they just ended up in a situation where they had some bad guys, bad actors that took advantage of them. And it's very unfortunate. We obviously I I don't even know that if if you thought this was going to be one of those things where you're running for governor because Michigan has a ton of problems that obviously need to be solved. You've been on the campaign trail talking about that. We've talked about a lot of those the last time that you were here. I'm not sure that you were considering the possibility as governor of Michigan having to deal with the fallout from the Supreme Court's ruling on Roe v. Wade. But what are your thoughts there? Because this is something that now goes back to the states. Um, Gretchen Whitmer has made her opinions obviously very clear. Uh, Where do you stand on this? Yeah, I think that it's very interesting, the positions that she's made clear on Roe v. Wade. She came out a couple days ago and said this decision was a pivotal policy for women to actually have careers, for women to become entrepreneurs. And I thought, wow, this is where we're going now. Women who have families can't do this. And she's supporting um, partial birth abortion. She has a a lawsuit out there looking for partial birth abortion in the state of Michigan. And I think it's really important to focus on family at this time. This is an opportunity for companies to show what they want to have for their employees. We've seen some companies come out and say that right now in this fight, they want to support people flying to other states and pay for them to fly to other states and have abortions. And I remember a time when feminists would have said, so you don't want to support me as a mom. You only want me working at your company if I get rid of my baby. Let's start to support those companies that come out and say, we're going to pay for your health care to have a baby. We're going to give you leave to have your baby. We want you to have a family. We want you to thrive as an employee and be to have be a mom at home. family. Yeah, we were talking about this at the beginning of the show today just because there's a new article that came out. And I know that everybody's kind of brought up, you know, some of the points that you've just made. It's like, well, why don't they support adoption services? And obviously it's cheaper for your female employees to go ahead and get an abortion. But the other thing that came up is none of these companies that have offered to pay all of this money to have somebody travel to another state to get an abortion. None of them appear to have any kind of policy. And the Daily Caller reached out to 14 of these corporations to help their employees get baby formula. That's a very valid point. Uh, how about child care during the day? How about we have some of these companies? Well, I mean, as, as governor, I would say, you know, it's worth 
looking at companies and saying, can we incentivize companies to do things for family rather than to to be um, weaponized against family? And I, I think that's an important thing, an important step to take in society, especially in a land where we have freedoms that we love. Let, let's also embrace moms that can have careers. You know, when you go to your website, TudorDixon.com, you've got a big blue box there that says Forging a Family-Friendly Michigan. What does that mean to you? Well, that means a few different things because the state of Michigan right now, the latest report that has come out says that the state of Michigan is headed by 2030 to be the bottom in the bottom five states of the nation for education. So that means making sure that we get education back on track. And part of that is really our kids have gone through a once in a generation crisis with COVID. So how do we make sure we get them back on track? Let's make sure that they have the tutoring that they need. We get them back on track, but we also get parents involved in education and parents can make decisions regarding their child's education. And then we need to look at public safety. We have some of the most dangerous cities in the country. So how do we make sure that we focus on public safety? Because we need to bring people to Michigan, like you said, family-friendly. And we want to bring families to Michigan. Families look at education and ratings of the schools. They look at the ratings of public safety, and they want it to be affordable. So let's make Michigan more affordable. And then on top of that, we want businesses to thrive here. And right now, this government is attacking business. No matter what business you're in, you're overregulated or you have agencies in there trying to get you with a fine, a citation or another tax. And we want to change that in the state of Michigan. We want to make it customer service friendly to our businesses and bring back that family flair. And speaking of, of education, just a couple of weeks ago, Governor Whitmer was out there basically pushing a plan to limit school choice again. Now we're we're right back in this old argument. Do we protect unions and keep kids in failing schools or do we allow parents to have the choice of putting their kid in a school that is, you know, potentially a much better option for them? I last year I had one kid in private, one kid in public, and I can tell you the difference between private and public has been astronomical just from a parental standpoint. Because in private school, I got a I got a note at the beginning of the week and the end of the week on what my kid was going to learn, what my kid did learn, and how I could support them at home. I got none of that from public school. So the older kid is now going to private school next year. But with Governor Whitmer now attacking school choice, what's your strategy as as governor coming into the governor's mansion for school choice in the state of Michigan? Well, we have big on this one, too. When you look at what happened with a case out of Maine coming out and saying that money can go to religious schools. And that's something that we would love to see in the state of Michigan as well. We have the Let My Kids Learn petition that's out right now. So important for people to sign that because that would allow those corporate tax credits that the legislature already passed to go through. And then that would that's another option to give parents choice. We want to make sure that we have a, a strong public system, but a strong choice system as well. And we've seen that in other states. When you look at the state of Florida, they used to be the bottom 10 in education. They created a choice program, and now their education, public and private, is thriving, and they're in the top 10 in the nation. We can do this in Michigan, and now is the time. One of the things with education, too, is potential scholarships for athletes and with the transgender issue continuing to ramp up in this country and potentially some major Supreme Court cases and things like that in the next couple of years. What's your stance on biological males who identify as female competing in girls' athletics? We just had the anniversary of Title IX, 50 years of Title IX, and it almost seems like we might be going backwards. Yeah, we've seen a recent decision on the world stage saying, you know what, we're not going to have someone 
that is biologically a different gender competing against women. And I think that's the right choice. We know that that's not fair, that there are advantages. We as women have worked really hard to get where we are. I mean, this is similar to working moms, you know. Working moms have worked really hard to say, hey, we have a place in society. It's the same with women in sports. I remember not too long ago when there weren't even soccer teams for women. So let's not kick women out of sports again. Let's not minimize women. We have to make sure there's always a place for our girls. You mentioned as a part of that forging a family-friendly Michigan, and again, we're talking with gubernatorial candidate Tudor Dixon running for the Republican nomination in Michigan. Uh, You talked about that family-friendly Michigan and part of that being safe cities and how Michigan has some of the most dangerous cities. I assume that um, part of that is Detroit, certainly, um, some of the most dangerous cities in the country. Law enforcement has been under attack for the past several years. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer herself, she went out uh, during the pandemic and she protested with BLM protests and she, you know, put her hands up. She said, hands up, don't shoot, which, of course, is based off of a lie, something that never actually happened. So even officers in Michigan feel like they don't have the support of their governor. As governor of Michigan, Tudor, what would you like to do for law enforcement, help improve the safety of those cities? And how can law enforcement officers in the state of Michigan look to you as their potential candidate? Yeah, I think especially in the state of Michigan, police officers feel like this culture of defund the police has become really strong, especially when you see elected officials coming out and, like you said, marching alongside folks that are calling to defund the police. And we've actually just last week we had the Police Officers Association of Michigan come out and endorse our campaign. So we feel really blessed that we've had the opportunity to sit down and talk to our police officers and hear what they need. And they they really want support. They want to have a government that supports them so that they can recruit more people into the state. That's what we need so desperately. So many of our police departments are short police officers, and there's no reason that we need to be short police officers. But they need to know that they're supported, and they need to know that the funding is there for their departments, and that's what we're going to make sure they are. They are supported. They know that. They feel that. And they have the funding they need. Now, I'll go with the opposite question there, because for many years before defund the police, there was obviously some concern for many about militarization of the police. Where do you stand on on those types of issues and, and police departments getting military equipment that maybe they don't need? Sometimes they do need it. Um, sometimes maybe they don't. And sometimes that actually ends up costing the taxpayer. Where do you stand on that issue? I think we have to be careful of anything we do. But right now, when I talk to police officers, they're saying, Right now, some of our departments have $125 a year for training. We want our guys to have the training they need to be out on the streets, to be able to confront people. They're getting ambushed by guys out on the street, and we want them to feel safe, and we want them to feel that they have the backup. So I think that discussion has completely changed just to let's make sure they have the tools they need, they absolutely need, the support they need, and the backup they need. All right, Tudor, how can people support their your campaign? Please check us out at TudorDixon.com. That's T-U-D-O-R-D-I-X-O-N.com. We'd love to have you join our team. Tudor Dixon for governor, again, running for the Republican nomination to be governor in Michigan. Tudor, thank you so much for the time. Great having you back on the show. Thank you. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Tudor Dixon. And again, we have had um, some other people ask us to get the other candidates on. Uh, Tudor Dixon has come on the show a couple of times, so definitely check her out. TudorDixon.com, T-U-D-O-R. D-I-X-O-N.com. You can learn about all of her positions on issues, press releases, follow her on social media, and more. Again, TudorDixon.com. want to thank Tudor Dixon and her campaign for reaching out to us again to get her on the program this week. We've got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
I know we're heading into the Independence Day weekend. I know a lot of us are pretty excited to do what we do. I just got um, I just got an accessory for my my new grill, and I'm pretty stoked to give that a go this week. <laughs> so it's a tube that I can add more smoke pellets or chips or whatever to. And so I have a pellet grill, which um, I wanted something that was going to be easier to smoke. I used to do it the traditional vertical smoker way. Um, but it was kind of breaking down. So I wanted something to be a little bit easier that I could go ahead and do, walk away, do some other stuff, do some yard work while it was doing its thing, and it has delivered. It has been amazing. Absolutely love it. Uh, but I also have an, a nine-year-old who likes smoky flavor more so than what has been delivered, and part of that is just the pellets that I have. So I got this thing that goes in my grill where you pack it full of pellets, you light the end of it, and it like quadruples the amount of smoke that you have in your your pellet grill. So this is uh, this is mostly for my oldest daughter, but pretty excited to give this thing a, a whirl. And yeah, part of it's just you know sometimes you don't get the best quality pellets, and I picked up just a bag of pellets at the uh, the hardware store when I was there. I knew it probably wasn't going to be the best quality. It wasn't, so I've got to get some good stuff in. But nonetheless, I'm looking forward to giving that new accessory a go over the holiday weekend. Do you remember last year when? Joe Biden and his whole administration were running around telling you how the the Independence Day holiday was 16 cents cheaper. Remember that 16 cents cheaper than the previous year. They kept running around like, oh, we saved you 16 cents. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess that's a good thing, right? Uh, You're claiming that your policies reduced the cost of the 4th of July cookout 16 cents. Now, this year. Uh, the prices rose by double digits. And, of course, it's not their fault. So last year, it was all because of them that you saved 16 cents on your 4th of July meal. This year, even though the cost is risen by double digits, it's totally not their fault. Even though the Fed, the, the chairman of the Fed came out the other day and was like, yeah, Biden keeps saying that this is about Putin and Ukraine. It's not. <laughs> In one of the more embarrassing and out-of-touch moments from the first months of the Biden administration, the the uh, former vice president boasted about saving Americans a whopping 16 cents on their 2021 Fourth of July cookouts. Prices have since had another year to rise, and like Americans trying to make ends meet, the White House can no longer afford to be so smug. According to the American Farm Bureau Federation, the average cost of a summer cookout for a party of 10 is currently $69.68. We're almost, we're one cent off, guys. One cent off, we could have had it. But nope, the memes must wait another year. A figure that rose 17% since last year. Prices for barbecue staples such as chicken breast, pork chops, potato salad, lemonade. Lemonade? Lemonade's increased in price? When's When's the Elkhart lemonade stand thing for the kids? Those poor kids, man. And hamburger buns are more elevated than last year. Despite higher food prices, the supply chain disruptions and inflation have made farm supplies more expensive. Like consumers, farmers are price takers, not price makers, according to the chief economist Roger Krein over at the FBF. Bottom line, in many cases, the higher prices farmers are being paid aren't covering the increase in their farm expenses. The cost of fuel is up. Fertilizer prices have tripled. 
Um, we Again, we have some people on our live stream who will give us regular updates on the price of fertilizer. So if you hang out on the live stream on rumble.com slash Casey, those that happens with regularity throughout the week um, as some of the farmers on there hop on and tell us what the fertilizer cost is for them this week. And it's, I mean, it's scary to see this stuff. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, when Biden's original 4th of July tweet, which heralded a 5% drop in prices for vanilla ice cream, a 2% drop for lemonade, and a 1% drop for sliced cheese, among other supposed price savings, gained widespread mockery over year-over-year inflation was 5.3% arising. As of last month, inflation was 8.6%, the highest level in four decades, which, again, Biden says is Putin's fault. And the chairman of the Fed says, no, it isn't. Since last year's 4th of July festivities, Russia initiated a war against Ukraine, leading to higher global energy prices. Gasoline on Independence Day was in 2021 was $3.12 per gallon, much higher than the $2.38 when Biden assumed the Oval Office, uh, but not nearly as high as the $5 per gallon witnessed in June of 2020, according to the EIA, which is... Uh, the primary source for that information, for those of you out there who still don't know how to find the history of oil and price, uh, oil and gas prices. So once again, it's up 17% this year. It'll cost you $69.68 for a party of 10, which means you probably shouldn't invite your Aunt Irma. Uh, she's no fun anyway. Just uh, save the extra ducats and, and buy another case of, of beer. Or, you know, if you're a youngling, White Claw, I guess which you shouldn't consume. I'm sorry. It's just, look, White Claw is better than truly, truly should not be consumed by anybody. But if you're going to consume something with alcohol, it's why are you going with the White Claw? What's wrong with you kids, man? It's like, did anybody raise you with any morals? Like at all? It's White Claw. And for those of you who are still in like team truly, like I no, leave the country. You belong in Canada. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I do want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend, Warsaw, Columbia City. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. You can find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Cue my audio, please. Now, I'm going to play you something, but you need to understand you're not going to be able to really hear anything. And I'm only playing it. So there is physical evidence that I am telling the truth. I know that they're covering it on on the news now. Fox has it. Okay. But I want to play this for you knowing full well. This is is considered a radio faux pas. I am not supposed to play audio that you all can't clearly understand. But I am doing it because it's important. Okay. So here you go. This is the president of France, Emmanuel Macron talking to Joe Biden and somehow miraculously not having his head sniffed. Before six months, 
the last one. Okay. The, it's, a very, it's a very last point is about uh, what we do on the Russian Okay. Now, I will explain to you what Emmanuel Macron was telling Joe Biden. Okay. And it's something, again, he's in Joe Biden. He, he is closer to Joe Biden's ear than I am to this microphone. And he's like, Okay. So he's just saying his stuff, right? Now, you could pick up a couple of things in there that will kind of allude to what I'm, I'm saying. So I'm going to tell you what he actually said. A note, very difficult for you to understand with that audio, and I understand that this is radio and everything is audio, and you're probably wondering why I played that. But I, I just needed it to be evidence, okay, that what I'm about to tell you is true. Now, we told you that when Joe Biden took off and he was heading to the Middle East and he's going to beg them to increase their oil output because we haven't increased ours. And as an aside, can I just remind everybody, because I feel like this is something that we need to continue to do going forward. Joe Biden doesn't get credit for the coming oil increase that comes out of the state of Montana. He doesn't get credit for that. That is the state of Montana defying Joe Biden and the oil industry in Montana defying Joe Biden and going onto state land to drill. Okay. Remember, he's going to try and take credit. His supporters are going to try and take credit for the increased supply of oil that comes out of Montana. They don't get credit for that. Just like Obama tried to take credit for the increase in oil production under Trump. Well, I, I, I did that. No, you didn't. And you were in Concord right here in Elkhart. And you told everybody it was the new normal that we weren't going to be producing any oil in this country. So shut up. You don't get to claim credit for things that you said would never happen. That'll happen in spite of Obama on private or state land. Okay? Things that happen... When you go around federal policy, don't get to credit back to federal policy. Just keep that in mind because they will. Biden supporters will try to claim the the oil production that happens in the state of Montana. They will try to claim that as a success for him. No. So French President Emmanuel Macron at G7 went up to Biden and said, okay, your entire effort to get Saudi Arabia and OPEC nations and everything else to increase their oil production is a failed policy, you old, cringy man, you. The reason is, according to the sheik of the UAE, that's MBZ, Mohammed bin Zayed Al-Nayan, he's the guy who runs the United Arab Emirates, According to Macron, he told me two things. I'm at a maximum production capacity, and the Saudis can increase by 150,000 barrels barrels a day. That's about it. Not enough. Not enough. So, uh, Michael Schellenberger. Michael Schellenberger is a best-selling author of Apocalypse Never uh, and San Francisco. And so he's a Green Book Award winner, uh, writes for Forbes, whatever. Okay, So that's who this dude is. This is a game-changing revelation since Biden was counting on Saudi Arabia and the UAE 
they were the only two OPEC nations perceived to have spare capacity in oil production. Macron's revelation means that it's up to the U.S. to produce more oil and soon for the energy crisis or the energy crisis will get much worse. Excuse me. Ben's trying to give me COVID. Biden's refusal to expand oil and gas production in the U.S. in the midst of the worst energy crisis in 50 years was insane before Macron's revelation. Now, if Biden doesn't act, he is effectively renouncing America's standing as the leader of the free world, which, I mean, to be fair, Michael Schellenberger, I don't know who you are. um, He already did. He already did. Okay, the whole Putin Ukraine thing. I, I Look, I said it. I am not an Emmanuel Macron fan. I would much rather have Le Pen as president of France. However, there is no denying that Emmanuel Macron was the only person in the world trying to prevent and then end the conflict in Ukraine. Nobody else was. He was the only guy. And you had Vladimir Putin at his press conferences constantly complaining about Emmanuel Macron. Emmanuel Macron drags me to a meeting every single day, wasting my time trying to stop the conflict. But he was doing it. He's a pestering guy. There's no doubt about that. I said, I am not a fan of Emmanuel Macron, but Emmanuel Macron has basically taken over the leadership of the Western world. There's nobody else to do it. Biden doesn't do it. Leadership in Germany ain't doing it. It's Emmanuel Macron. Sorry. Um, If you want to look at why everything is a little messed up right now, it is because Emmanuel Macron is the leader of the West right now. As embarrassingly sad as that is, it is the truth. And once again, at G7, what do we have? Emmanuel freaking Macron, president of France, coming up to Joe Biden to let Joe Biden know, hey, Everything that you are betting on here is for nothing. I've already done your job for you, old man. And here's where we stand, and it ain't good. Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, briefed Joe Biden on what was actually happening around the world with oil production. Why isn't Joe Biden briefing the president of France on that? You say what you want about Emmanuel Macron, but the guy wakes up early and he makes phone calls. I mean... (laughs) He tries. <laughs> he's just—he's a miserable socialist, but he tries. I don't. Um, th- this the, the entire the entire oil and and gas fiasco. Like I said, this all squarely rests with Biden, hundred percent. There's just there's not much you can do about it. Um, you know, I I, I I where's the hold on a second? I got these other things here. I'm gonna probably take a commercial break and see if I can find them, but. There's some interesting things that happened in Germany Um, because Germany. Remember when Germany mocked Donald Trump when Donald Trump said, look, you're going to be completely reliant on Russia for your energy. And Germany, (laughs) the whole German delegation at the United Nations was caught on camera mocking Donald Trump while he was saying, you're making a big mistake. You're going to rely on Russia for all of your energy. Stupid move. And they were all mocking him because they had faith in, you know, twigs and, and and leaves and green energy only it's failed them miserably and now they're stuck uh michael shalamberger 
He's probably not French. I just like saying it. It is extremely interesting that Macron chose to deliver that information in the way that he did. Yeah, I agree with that, which was within earshot of urinalists. It's almost as though Macron wanted the international news media to report on Macron's intel, perhaps as a way to pressure Biden to finally act. Once again, Emmanuel Macron is the leader of the West. We no longer have the guy who will move world leaders out of the way by grabbing them on the arm and moving them to the side to step up and make sure they're in the front of the photograph, as Trump did numerous times. That's a leader. No, it's brutish and mean. It's leadership. Did they move out of his way or not? You're darn right they did. It's true that the U.S. can't just turn a switch to produce more oil and gas, but we could start producing more within 12 to 18 months. And the longer we postpone production, the longer the crisis will last. I would also like to point out again, speculative market. Once we give the go ahead, if Joe Biden tonight said, all right, Emmanuel Macron, uh, he runs all of this now. And he told me that my my entire policy is crap. And so I'm going to acquiesce. I'm going to issue new leases. I'm going to issue new permits for drilling. I'm going to allow it all on federal land. I'm going to allow it in the Gulf of Mexico. If Biden said that tonight, the price of gas tomorrow would be 10, 15 cents cheaper. True story. Even though we have an increased supply because it's a speculative market. Even though the price is coming down a little bit right now, heading into the uh, you know the, the holiday month and or the holiday and, and that sort of thing in, in the next month. Remember, it's going to pop back up a little bit next month, especially in the state of Indiana, because the gas tax goes up. But this is a speculative market. All Biden has to do is tell everybody, I'm going to support the oil and gas sector. I'm going to open up drilling. I'm going to open up opportunities for exploration. And just like that, price of gas comes down. Even supply hasn't increased. But like I said, they're going to try and take credit for what's happening in Montana right now. Guarantee it. Just remember this day and all the other times I've told you that so that we, we, we call back to this. You can hop onto my social media and go, Casey, you were right. They tried to tr- take credit for what happened in Montana. But Emmanuel Crone did it with an earshot of, of journalists because, one, he wants people to know that he's in charge. He's running things. He's the one that's actually putting work in right now. He runs the West, not Biden. And, two, he's hoping to pressure Biden so that way France can stop having energy struggles. That's the truth. More coming up, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. If you're watching on Rumble, please hit that subscribe button. Share this with all of your friends. Anybody you think would appreciate the show and anybody you think would be triggered by the show because let's be honest that's fun cue my audio please i'm going to take you back in time this is 2018 at the united nations this is president trump you know a real leader reliance on a single foreign supplier can leave a nation vulnerable to extortion and intimidation that is why we congratulate european states such as poland for leading the construction of a Baltic pipeline so that nations are not dependent on Russia to meet their energy needs. Germany will become totally dependent on Russian energy if it does not immediately change course. Here in the Western Hemisphere, we are committed 
to maintaining our independence from the encroachment of expansionist foreign powers. Now, what you have is you've got one, two, three, four, five. You got five dingleberries. We haven't been wiped yet. Five dingleberries laughing at President Trump from Germany. Big old sign in front of him. Germany, meaning that's the German delegation laughing at him. All right, let's go back and let's cover the news media. Toby Early, the German delegation openly laughing at Trump in his rant about energy at the UNGA. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Porter Anderson, another blue check mark. Jim Acosta, during real Donald Trump's U.N. speech, German officials could be seen chuckling. Mr. Trump accused them of being dependent on Russian energy. The president later insisted he didn't mind the laughter. Why would he? What does he care? Yeah. Well, uh, here's CNBC just eight days ago. The situation is serious. Germany plans to fire up coal plants as Russia throttles gas supplies. You were warned. Four years later, he was right, says Barrington Martin II. Rita Pinali, they're not laughing now. Clay Travis, nearly four years ago, Trump called out Germany for its dependence on Russian oil. Look at how this media outlet with millions of followers covered this statement. And it's now this now this news, which is not really a news outlet. Trump made some outrageous claims about German energy at the United Nations, and the German delegation reaction was priceless. Mm. Yeah, well, they're not laughing now. They aren't laughing now at all. You were warned. You were told what would happen. And it was true. Just because this is part of being a leader, right? Part of being a leader is looking at your allies and going, look, here's the deal. We have an alliance, and you haven't been paying your bills. And we're not going to cover your bills anymore. So pay your damn bill or we're out. That's a leader. That's what he did with NATO. And we talked about this. When I was in the military in the 90s, this was an issue with NATO allies not paying their bill, not contributing to NATO. Basically, the United States runs NATO. They pay for everything. They supply everybody. But everybody else wanted equal say in what the, the alliance did. No. So finally, somebody told them, no, you're going to pay your bill or we're out. And they started paying their bill. And then what happened? The chief rival to NATO, Russia, did what they did in Ukraine. And suddenly NATO nations are like, yeah, 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 Trump was right on this. Better ramp up some some funding in NATO. And, hey, you know what? We need more members of NATO now. Let's let some some countries in. Let's let's do that. The energy thing, he was right. He's right on so much. I, I, I know that you know that. I know that I'm preaching to the choir here. There are still a few people out there who don't know much about this stuff who who haven't paid attention to it. But he called it in 2018, and he told them right to their face, you guys are making a big mistake. You're relying on Russia. They're expansionist. They're going to be able to hold this over you if you don't immediately change your policies. They didn't. They openly mocked him. International media mocked him. American media mocked him. And now in Germany... They are desperate. 
They're absolutely desperate. So much so that they're sending their leader, Emmanuel Macron from France, (laughs) to go tell Joe Biden, look, we kind of need you to make oil here. The Saudis don't have much left. And the United Arab Emirates are tapped out. Like, there's there's nobody else to make any oil. It's got to be you guys. Nobody else can do it. Something else Trump was right about. The border. Now, we had, what, 50? Was it 50 or so terrorists caught at the border so far this year? Something like that. 46 illegal aliens died in the back of a tractor trailer crossing the border. Um, This is a common thing. This is a particularly large group of people, which is why it's getting news. Uh, But this is a a very common thing to find people dead in the back of these, you know, box trucks and things like that. But this was a this is a tractor trailer. Uh, Box trucks are frequently common. You'll you'll find, you know, a dozen people or maybe less in the back of a box truck dead. They just they take their money. This is what happens. You have to understand something. As I've told you before, if you support open borders, you support indentured servitude, you support human trafficking. You support the rape and molestation of children and women. That's what you support. You can pretend that you don't all you want because you don't want it to happen. But the reality is when you support a policy that openly causes that to happen, you're responsible. So you're sitting here and you're telling people in Central and South America and in Mexico, they can come up here, they can come through the uh, the border, they just got to pay, okay? They just got to pay some money. And they pay the money. They go into the back of a tractor trailer. They load everybody in the tractor trailer. They lock them in the tractor trailer. They take their money, and then they leave the tractor trailer in the middle of the desert, and they all basically dehydrate to death. Easy money. No risk. You steal from a bunch of people. They die in the back of a tractor trailer. And you don't have to take the risk of getting caught by authorities on the Mexican side or the U.S. side of the border. At least 46 undocumented migrants were found dead in a tractor trailer in San Antonio, Texas. More than a dozen were hospitalized. So it looks like this one got across the border and then they bailed. Two of those taken to a hospital later died, bringing the total to 48. There were a dozen more who were hospitalized from heat exhaustion as a result of it. You know, most of the time, they don't even get across the border. Most of the time, they just stop right on the other side. Lauren Southern, one of my favorite people in media uh, Lauren Southern has a new documentary that's out and it is from the migrants perspective and when you go through and you watch the movie she goes and she talks to the migrants she got permission to go into certain areas from the cartel she had to leave towns because certain cartel were hunting her and were going to kill her at night because she had a film crew with her She's lucky enough to have really good local contacts down there. And she said, really what has happened, and this is where the policy is a bit of an, is, is the major, major issue here. When you talk to these migrants who are trying to come to the United States, you have to understand where they're from. It is commonplace to bribe people in government, to bribe law enforcement. It is commonplace. They expect it. So they hear from some relatives who try to immigrate to the United States normally, and they're like, oh, it's going to cost thousands of dollars, and you have to wait several years. Or they could bribe somebody a couple of thousand dollars, and they can get into the United States, which is how things work in their country. And it's kind of how things work here, too. And they hear from relatives who are like, yeah, we're living it up in you know California or, or you know New Mexico, wherever they're living. 
And for, from their perspective, they have been told, all you got to do is pay a couple of ducats, you know, get across the border. You're good. Once you get across the border, you're fine. You can stay. They're trying to give you the right to vote. It's a whole thing. The policy is what encourages this. So when you tell them that this is how you get into the country, that's how they think they get into the country. And they take tremendous, tremendous risks in doing it. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, MNC News Time. 431, time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. You know, if you watch the live stream, uh, you get to see some, I, I like to include, you know, there's there's times where I don't have, you know, the ability to talk to you guys. I got stuff that I got to do, use a little girl's room, uh, maybe get some coffee. Maybe I want to just, I need to read an article and I don't want you staring at the top of my head. While I do it, I got sponsors, you know, they got to get their stuff out there. So I have like content uh, in the commercial breaks. And I was just playing uh, content from uh, Print Shoot Repeat, great channel on YouTube, by the way. And, you know, it, this is this is about recreational firearms and 3D printing. And it reminded me of one of my favorite shop tools, the XFOG. And for those of you who do not have an XFOG, um, you know, if you wear safety glasses or goggles at all and you have to deal with that fogging that happens, I'm, I'm a, a particularly hot individual uh, on many fronts. And this causes a fogging issue with my glasses. And so I need the X-Fog to prevent my glasses from fogging up because I've tried the, the spray stuff. You know, you buy it like a, you're checking out a Walmart. They have that little like anti-fog spray that you get. That crap doesn't work. It's garbage. You're wasting your money. Okay. You're absolutely wasting your money. But beyond that, it, like, irritates my eyes. So now I've got, like, this, like, menthol burning sensation right by my eyeball, which is not pleasant. Plus, it doesn't work. So just go to xfog.com. Use promo code Casey. You'll save, like, 10%. Pick up an XFOG system. And you're going to be up and running in no time. Super easy to install. Multiple ways of mounting and installing it. They've got tons of instructional videos. Go check out the the results, the studies on it, the testing on it, the durability testing, and, and of course, all of the people who have told you how great XFOG is. You can see all of that stuff at XFOG.com, E-X-F-O-G dot com, promo code Casey. All right, what else do we have? By the way, uh, Lauren Southern's new documentary is called American Mirage. You can watch it. On her website, laurensouthern.net. And again, this is from the migrant's perspective in getting into the United States. Kind of like what they've been told, what the perception is, why it is so appealing for them, why they continue to risk life and limb and rape and kidnapping to come to the United States and all of that stuff. Uh, it is um, it's a really, really horrible Eye-opening experience for many people. All right. What else do we have? We covered the Germany thing. I did do that. I made fun of Germany. Ah, Hunter Biden. All right. Let's talk about Hunter Biden. Okay. Um, Hunter Biden is lashing out at everybody. He's like super butthurt about stuff because he's Hunter Biden. He's really angry. Um, you know, here's here's the thing. There's new information about Hunter Biden. Yes, it affects Joe Biden. This is not a small thing. Okay. Joe Biden is all up in Hunter Biden's financial business and Hunter Biden is all up in Joe Biden's financial business. And that's where the problems are. 
You know, you have Joe Biden doing things that are illegal to do in order to help his son make money. He's not the first person, folks. And this is a defense that I've actually seen of Joe Biden. He's not the first person to use his position of authority to help their kid. Yeah, but when it's a crime, it's a crime. And if you're going to commit a crime to benefit your family, sorry, you should be punished for it. And at the very least, you're disqualified from office. So the D.C. Examiner is reporting on Joe Biden's apparently unwitting financial involvement in Hunter Biden's visits with Russia-linked escorts. Now, for those of you who do not know, the Biden family has engaged in a lot of financial activity with Russian oligarchs, Russian oligarchs who are super close with Vladimir Putin. And this is why it's always been very interesting to watch the left try to paint Trump as some kind of a a puppet of Putin when the Biden family and Hillary Clinton's inner sphere on her own campaign are intimately tied in with Vladimir Putin allied Russian oligarchs. Um, and the Biden family's received a lot of money from Putin, Putin allies and Russian oligarchs, a lot of money. And that shouldn't be something that is ignored. Now, does that mean that because they've received money from Russian oligarchs in the past that Joe Biden is actually working for Vladimir Putin? No. However, uh, when he came into office, I told you that one of the things that you were going to see is a lot of pro-Russia policies. And that's exactly what you got up until the point of Ukraine. A lot of pro-Russia policies came out of the Biden administration. So Joe Biden apparently unwittingly, air quote, financed Hunter's participation in a Russia-linked escort ring. Now, what what do you need to know about Russian-linked escort rings? Well, there's a lot of trafficking involved. A lot of the Russian escort rings kidnap girls and ship them all over the world. Is there any evidence that the girls involved in this were victims of that? No, not yet. Um, But nonetheless, this is a commonality with Eastern European and Asian escorts. Um, you can talk about we we you know we obviously have the stereotype of the Asian massage parlor and some of the extracurricular activities you can get there. And a lot of those girls have been trafficked, and they come here, and they are told that they can work in a nail salon or they can work as a massage therapist. And sometimes they're not given the choice. And these are things that happen. This is how you pay off your debt to getting over here. The problem is that you never actually pay off your debt. You see, you have to live with them and get room and board from them while you're paying off your debt for the travel to the United States. And then you continue to rack up more debt for the room and board and you never actually get out of debt until you find some wealthy person to pay your way. Joe Biden committed to sending Hunter Biden $100,000 as his son spent $30,000 or more on escorts, many with .ru emails, in late 2018 and early 2019. Well, where does that place uh, Joe Biden in 2019? Where does, that, where does that place Joe? Oh, that's right, on the campaign trail. Andrew Kerr, keep these facts in mind as you watch the video of Hunter Biden accosting an escort tied to a Russian bank account. And I can't play you the video, obviously, but I will link to it in the Daily Show prep. 
January 17, 2019, Hunter tells his sister-in-law, I don't have a dime. January 18th, Joe Biden wires $5,000 to Hunter Biden. Also on January 18th, three hours later, Hunter films the video of him accosting an escort in Russia. So in twenty on January 17th of 2019, Hunter Biden goes to his sister-in-law and says, I'm broke, I don't have any money. The next day, Joe Biden, former vice president, on the campaign trail, sends Hunter Biden $5,000. Three hours later, Hunter Biden films himself accosting a Russian prostitute. How did he pay for the Russian prostitute? He didn't have any money until daddy sent him money. Casey, he didn't know that his kid was going to be getting a Russian prostitute. Maybe, maybe not. There's a lot more to this story. Washington Examiner, former federal prosecutor Andy McCarthy told the Washington Examiner, we can all sympathize with Biden's love for his troubled son while recognizing that he was shoveling prodigious sums of money to Hunter Biden when the neon lights were flashing that Hunter was compromised and using the money to become ever more compromised and with Russia of all places. Keep in mind, this was happening while Joe Biden was campaigning for president and while he was accusing Trump of being a Putin puppet. Joe Biden is a textbook example of why applicants with family members who maintain shady ties with foreign actors, particularly those connected with authoritarian anti-American regimes with highly capable intelligence services, get rejected when applying for a security clearance. So, again, you're running for president. You've already got a lot of weird financial ties with Russian oligarchs. Your kid is in Russia. He's got no money. You send him money. He's given that money to, to Russian prostitutes, which are used, of course, by the Russian intelligence services in Russia. This is well known. This is actually a case that they made against Trump when they alleged about the, you know, the, the whole P-tape thing, that because Donald Trump got Russian prostitutes while in Russia, that they were probably working for the FSB and working for Vladimir Putin, and this was a way to get dirt on Trump, therefore he was compromised. This is the exact same scenario that Democrats played out. Okay, what will... A former vice president who usurps the office of the presidency due for his kid in Russia when his kid needs money to pay Russian prostitutes. You went from that year, okay, that year, saying that Trump was still compromised because of prostitutes in Russia, which never happened, to all of a sudden Hunter Biden's not compromised by actual Russian prostitutes that he filmed himself with. Which one is it? If you go to Russia and engage in that behavior, are you or are you not potentially compromised by the FSB? Which one is it? Because they're alleging that Trump was compromised by something that never actually happened while simultaneously saying nobody's compromised when it did happen with Hunter Biden. Casey's rule number one, everything the left accuses the right of doing, they themselves are doing. Donald Trump went to Russia and got Russian prostitutes who probably work for Vladimir Putin. Hunter Biden did that. Donald Trump was getting money from Russian oligarchs. Nope. Hunter Biden did that. 
Donald Trump had a back channel with a Russian bank. Nope. That was the Clintons. Get it? Now, the New York Post. Why Hunter's dealings with China aren't a big fat nothing for his father. We'll talk about that next. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Well, Hunter Biden has responded to the story about how Joe Biden funded Hunter Biden's escorts. Here's the here's the thing, right? I, I try to imagine like what would my life look like if I were rich? And yeah, I I um maybe it's be, maybe it's because I didn't grow up privileged. I don't know. I the idea that you would drop. 30 grand on prostitutes? Like, um, I mean, ladies, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but ain't none of you worth that. Like at all. That's a lot of money. You know how many jet skis 30 grand buys? And again, Daniel Tosh says, never seen somebody without a smile on a jet ski. Now that is, that's fun. Jet skis last. 30 grand? And I look, I, I suppose you get to the point where you have so much wealth, and if you grow up that way, as Hunter Biden did, you just grow up rich and kind of powerful. I guess you know you get to a point where it's like, we need to find creative ways to spend money, so why not? I I don't know. But thirty grand is crazy. Somewhere out there there's a lady who's got a thirty thousand dollar engagement ring on her on her hand, and she's like, I was worth it, and her husband's like mm. <laughs> you know it you know it so anyway hunter biden has responded to the news article about spending more than thirty thousand dollars on escorts from money that was wired to him by his dad while his dad was campaigning for president now maybe that wouldn't have changed some minds i don't know but i'm i'm sure it probably would have changed a lot between december of 2018 and january of 2019 Joe Biden sent Hunter Biden $100,000 in multiple installments. Now, I wonder how much of this was, I just want to help my son versus, oh, for the love of God, get him out of Russia so he can stop screwing up my presidential campaign. I wonder how much of that was that. Hunter Biden has responded to the uh, reporter who wrote the article uh, with uh, an email that just had four words in it. What's wrong with you? New York Post has an article why Hunter Biden's dealings with China are not a big fat nothing for Joe Biden. Joe Biden betrays at least a guilty knowledge of one of his son's most lucrative Chinese business deals with a new voicemail unearthed from Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. The vice, former vice president's own words put the lie to his repeated instances, that, insistence, excuse me, that he knew nothing about Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. Quote, I think you're clear, says Joe, in December of 2018. Now, that is a voicemail on December 12th. I think you're in the clear. Well, that is reference to a New York Times story about the arrest of one of Hunter Biden's Chinese business partners, Patrick Ho, on bribery charges. We've highlighted before the people that Hunter Biden has made money from in China have been arrested and charged with bribing public officials. 
Might Hunter Biden be a part of that? Of course, probably. I thought the article released online, it's going to be printed tomorrow in the New York Times, was good. You're only clear if you were in trouble beforehand. What was the trouble? Yeah, that's that's, a good, that's, that's the question being asked by the New York Post. You're only clear if you're in trouble beforehand, so what was the trouble? Um, now, why would Joe Biden reference a New York Times article about a Hunter Biden business partner being arrested on bribery charges and then Joe Biden leaving a voicemail for Hunter Biden saying, nah, I think you're in the clear. That would mean that he knew something about it, right? Because he had a conversation with his son. Probably his son going, hey, uh, Patrick Ho is getting arrested on bribery charges. Uh, do you think I'm okay, Dad? That would mean that he did, in fact, talk about his foreign business dealings, which, of course, he has repeatedly said that he hasn't, which makes no sense. The New York Post writes, the trouble was that Ho's first call after his arrest at JFK Airport was to Joe's brother, Jim Biden, Hunter Biden's uncle. Ho had called Jim to try to track down Hunter Biden, who he had paid a whopping $1 million legal retainer for just this circumstance. Easy money, since there's no evidence that Hunter did much legal work for Patrick Ho, apart from calling in another attorney. Ho worked for the the CEFC, a Chinese energy company, with which Hunter, Joe, and Jim, and partners entered a multi-million dollar joint partnership. Joe was slated to get 10% for, quote, the big guy from the deal, according to an email on the laptop. And again, uh, we've had numerous people in connection with that deal referring to Joe Biden as the big guy. All stuff that's not supposed to be happening. In 2017, CEFC brokered China's biggest ever investment in Russia, not Ukraine, Russia, a $9 billion acquisition of the Russian state oil giant Rosneft, That would have signaled a tectonic shift in geopolitical power. The deal fell through after Patrick Ho's arrest later that year. Uh, So, again, it's not a big fat nothing. Very, very big deal. So now we've got Joe Biden financially tied to Hunter Biden paying for hookers in Russia, which we were told by the leftists in this country means that you're compromised by Russian intelligence. And we also know that Joe Biden is directly connected to a foreign business dealing with Patrick Ho, his connections to the Chinese Communist Party with an energy deal that benefited him, his son Hunter, and his brother Jim. This is one of the reasons that Republicans need to win the midterms. So you can investigate stuff like this and actually figure out what criminality, if any, did Joe Biden have in any of these deals. And there's a lot of evidence that Joe Biden is guilty of breaking the law. A lot of it. Got more coming up. Clifton French from RealNewsMichiana.com is going to join us. Very interesting local story involving a teacher. We'll talk about that coming up on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Follow me on Truth Social at Casey the Host or Rumble at Casey the Host. Hit that subscribe button for me. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Joining us from realnewsmichiana.com is Clifton French, local investigative journalist. Clifton, how you doing, ma'am? Hey, I'm doing great, Casey. How's your day? Uh, I'm hanging in there. Got a, got a day on the motorcycle, so I can't really complain. Uh, you had this story yesterday. You were supposed to join us yesterday, and then 
you know, yeah. some things came up. You weren't able to join us yesterday. But I, I created a poll yesterday asking my audience what they felt about a, a teacher moonlighting as an adult film star. And the, yeah. the results of the poll, I think, are really interesting. What I didn't tell them was that it was because of an article that you are going to be writing this week. So tell us what's going on. <laughs> so uh, we have a, a, a local teacher um, who moonlights as, a, as, a, as an adult uh, porn star. She, she sells uh, full-body nude photos of herself uh, on the side, and she promotes all of this on her personal um, her personal social media accounts that uh, are widely public, can be seen by kids. Um, and she also, as a teacher, has her students uh, call her by the nickname she uses on the porn site. So essentially her porn name uh, is the name that her kids, who are mainly fifth graders, 10 and 11-year-olds, uh, call her, which is Buttercup. Okay, so we got 10 and 11-year-olds. We got fifth graders, okay? We're, we're, getting to, we're getting to the age where this stuff is introduced to kids generally in public schools. Um, we we yeah. do a, an annual radiothon for Five Star. We've talked about the exposure to pornography to kids that age. Uh, it is a routine thing, and you know, so there's there's some real concern here because of the age. And it's one of the reasons that I asked you yesterday because the article wasn't published yet. I'm like, you know, how old are the kids here? You know, what are we talking about? We talking yeah. about kindergartners? We talking about middle school? That sort of thing? Because I felt that that was really relevant to the story. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, these are these these are these are uh, mainly fourth and fifth graders. Some sometimes uh, we're, we're talking middle schoolers. So she teaches at what's called DOD Starbase, uh, which is a, a it's um, a Department of Defense a Department of Defense uh, program uh, that partners up with local school districts to teach STEM programs, um, okay. and they'll send entire classes to her for a week to teach them um, hands-on STEM training. Okay. You know, and STEM's great. Starbase is, you know, from what I, I've read of it, seems to be a, a decent program. I uh, like that the government is getting involved in, in pushing some of these issues. The, the real concern here is, you know, are the people in the classroom going to be people that can be around kids? Now, what I found interesting about this story is that, you know, you obviously reach out to the subjects of your story for comment. And yep. she decided to go public before the article was written. And oh, yeah. she, she said something that I thought was interesting. She said that she has an OnlyFans, but that it's a clean OnlyFans and that there's no pornography on it. And mm-hmm. and by, for the record, for people out there who don't know, uh, a large chunk of OnlyFans, probably the majority of it, is not pornography. It's, yep. <laughs> it's famous for the adult side, but it, there are a lot of people on OnlyFans that do not do that. However, uh, it is really clear that <laughs> that is not the case with her. <laughs> Even before, now this is before I even saw any of the OnlyFans content. This was crystal clear just from her Instagram that this was not a clean site, that this was clearly pornography driven, and that she sells images and videos of herself on OnlyFans. Which so if you so if you go to her OnlyFans, right? Okay. Um, you're you're not going to see any nude photos right up front. You have to subscribe, as now, most the of them are. Yes. Is, okay. Yes. The subscription is free. Then she sends out messages saying, hey, uh, thanks for subscribing. Here are some photos for you today. And, you know, pay $5 so you can see them. Pay $5, uh, and then you get five or ten photos of full-body 
showing her breasts and other, you know, reproductive okay. organs. Yeah. So, so you can sign up for OnlyFans for free, but you can't see any of the content until you pay her. Yep. Okay. Now, I have to ask you a couple of questions before we dive further in this, because I think that this is relevant yeah. based on how she's defending herself publicly here. One, uh, well, let me, it's a multi-pronged question. I'll let you answer after I'm done. Okay. Is your issue that she is doing pornography? Is your issue that she's a teacher in doing pornography? Or is your issue that the access to the pornography is promoted on sites that kids can access? Which, which or all of them apply to your concerns here as a journalist? As a journalist, I'm just telling a story. I think parents should know what's going on with their, with their uh, you know, with the people who are educating their children. Um, okay. And when it's pu- being, being when it's being done publicly, right, um, where children can access this, okay, because mm-hmm. children can access this, yeah, um, and they can see that she is doing this stuff on OnlyFans because she is promoting it and she's talking about being a teacher and she's bragging about being a teacher on all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that parents should should be aware of who is educating their children. Same thing when we were talking about the uh, the fourth grade teacher who was the founder of the. Uh, satanic temple of indiana right right yeah um yeah that's done privately but i still think parents should know what their teachers are doing um and to think that that is not seeping into the curriculum or or those morals and those values aren't seeking seeping into um you know how they are influencing those children uh is just insane all of that stuff is going to seep in well and i you know i would just throw in the other story too where you had the uh, you know the gay the guy was doing gay porn and my issue with it yep. wasn't that he was gay or that he was doing pornography is that he was promoting it on his TikTok, which was targeted towards young kids. George. And you know, that, that was my concern. And he's, you know, he claimed to be a teacher as well. So that was, you know, if, if a, hey, your teacher has a TikTok, and, Oh, cool. I'll follow you on TikTok, And they're promoting this other content. Yep. That's a problem. So she's well, defended it all. The, and on top of that, on top of that with him, I mean, and, and like kids, kids nowadays, if you, if you have young children right now, mm. you know that they're like, hey, you're Instagram famous. Hey, you're right, TikTok right. famous. Hey, you're the, and, and she is actively trying to build these social media, this social media fame, mm-hmm. right? Um, w- which is, which is targeted at young children. That's yeah. It. It's targeted at young children. Yeah. Um, all right. So. She's claimed, of course, that you've – she doesn't understand fair use. Uh, she's claimed that you've stolen yeah. content. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're damaging uh, her livelihood. She's a single mom. She's got student loans. And, of course, the only way that single moms can pay off their student loans is to uh, show off their naked bodies. You know, that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So, I, I, I mean, this is – it's a weird defense that she's kind of taken up. I, I see that there's oh, people – go ahead. They're also they're also claiming that um, that that I'm posting revenge porn. Um, her, she and her friends, which is just no, that, that's not what the revenge porn laws are. <laughs> um, it, it's uh, I thought okay, yeah. aren't like intelligent people supposed to be teaching STEM for the DoD? Uh, I thought so. Okay, this is it takes thirty seconds to look this stuff up. That is not what this is. Okay, if you sell images of yeah. yourself online, it's public domain. So anyway. Yep. Um, what is it's a very weird defense of this now you again you're a journalist okay you have a media outlet you you expose this facebook puts you in facebook jail over this yep 
Yeah, because I previewed the story, and they're claiming harassment. So uh, claiming sexual <laughs> harassment. Um, because so, – so, I mean, I, I, I posted, you know, blurred out pictures and the comments that she had made. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Saying, hey, listen, make sure to check out my story tomorrow about this this teacher who moonlights as a porn star. Essentially. Right. Yeah, I saw the post. Um, yeah. It got yeah, it got it got reported to Facebook and Facebook kicked me off for three days. Casey, this is like to, in order to protect this, this is the reason why I push subscriptions so hard. Yeah. If you want to make sure that this content gets to you and that this content continues to get to you um, and, and that it is actually put out there. You have to like that's how that's how I fight this this predatory cancel culture is by having subscriptions. Um, like it, there's there's no other way to fight it. And yeah, I mean they just they it doesn't matter if you're a journalist, it doesn't matter who they they're coming after you. Yeah, and I mean we've got a couple of social media sites now that will kind of help with that, but you know the traffic on those sites yeah. is not what they are on Facebook Not and Twitter as much. And of course, Facebook yeah. and Twitter are allowing, you know, actual threats of violence on Supreme court justices right now. Those don't violate their terms of service, but you pointing out that, Hey, there's a teacher who has an adult film site. Um, that's, you know, somehow an issue. And, but for the, record, by the way, go ahead. She, she advertises that adult film site on Facebook. And so all <laughs> I did was say, Hey, listen, she's doing this. And then I get, and then I get banned. I get, I get kicked I, off for three I, days. I cannot promote anything on Facebook. I'm, I'm permanently banned from advertising on Facebook. At, I can't, I can't at all. Not for my business or my, my page. I can't do any of it. But she, she can do that. It, it, again, yeah. it's just kind of a weird. It's a weird defense that they kind of took up. I don't know why they lied and said it was clean. It, it's not. Yeah. Okay. It, it doesn't make yeah. any sense why you would say that. Um, you can clearly see that she's promoting this and she's nude in her public Instagram and Facebook and things like that. So, you know, again, it's, it's like we used to have this, this thing I've talked about Sasha Gray a lot. Now, for those of you who don't know, Sasha Gray is a very famous now retired adult film star. Sasha Gray, when she retired, wanted to go back and help her community. And she would do uh, like a reading hour where she would go talk to kindergartners and she would just read them a story. That's it. That's all she did. Okay. And parents had a conniption fit because they knew who she was. And, and so I'm assuming jealous wives, whatever, husband's like, well, that's a porn star. And the wife is like furious now, and it's a whole thing. So she was actually forbidden from reading to children because she used to be an adult film star. And now we're at a point here where it's like, not only can I do this at night, but I can actively promote it to where my students can find out, and you shouldn't have a problem with that. It's a very weird change in how our society is kind of handling this because now you're being presented as the bad guy, and all you're saying is, hey, parents, if you don't want your kid, you know, hanging around this woman, then you should probably make alternative arrangements. Um, She has the right to do it. Uh, You can question how she promotes it and that it's freely available for everybody. You have private accounts on, on, on social media that she could easily you know, hide this stuff from her students and yep. she'd have a better position to argue, I think, but, but she's not doing that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, honestly though, would, would you want um, somebody who's doing this kind of thing teaching your 10 year old? No, I, 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 it would be one thing if like they were a stripper at night and nobody knew and that was just a second gig and it would be, you know, maybe a, a parent went into the club and it's like, Mrs. Smith. You know, that would be one thing, but I think when you're on social media and you're actively promoting it and your students are going to find you on social media, 
and you're bringing, you know, your username from your OnlyFans account into the classroom with the students. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't be comfortable with that because yeah. it's. Do you think that do you think that parents have the have a right to know what's going on? Sure. Yeah, always. Yeah, always. Because yeah. I don't think I don't think that most parents know like, oh, OK, this is the teacher here. Right. They just see Starbase. Sure. She's the only teacher at Starbase. The so only I one. Think okay. All they see is, yep, she is the only teacher at Starbase. So I think that most parents, when they're, oh, going to Starbase for this STEM stuff, they yeah. don't, like, they're not, it's five days with this woman, right? Yeah. They're not concerned with, with learning everything about who is teaching them. They just know, oh, Starbase, is, is, and they learn about the program. They're not going having going and having parent-teacher conferences with these people. The, the people that they're concerned about is is their current principal and their primary teacher, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um. And so this woman is just able to fly under the radar, do whatever she wants, influencing children uh, willy-nilly with, with, <laughs> without any uh, parental repercussions. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I, mean, I, I just I want to, you know, because, again, the defense here is that, oh, she's, you know, she's legally allowed to do this. It's not a big deal. You're just harassing her. That's the defense that we've seen from, from people online over the past couple of days, nobody's denying that she has a right to do this. The, the problem is that no. she's making it available to her students and to young people in general. That's the issue. And if yeah. you have somebody like that, can you trust somebody who promotes this stuff in a way that is accessible to kids to be around your children? I think that most parents would err on the side of caution there. Yes. Well, and lying about it. Well, yeah, the lying about it, lying that's about a very it. bizarre thing because, like, you know that people are going to figure out who you are. I don't know why you do that. But, um, and, and okay, so here's the poll that I posted yesterday, and I just want because I thought the results were really interesting because for a while two of the answers were very, very close. Should teachers be allowed to moonlight as porn stars and still keep their teaching jobs? That was my question. Uh, you had, yes, they are adults and can do what they want on their own time. You had, no, it's immoral and shows that they are weak of character. And then you have, only if they don't promote their porn in a way that's accessible to children. Okay, the number one answer is yeah. no. Uh, it's immoral. Fifty-six percent. Yeah. The number two answer was only if they don't promote it in a way that's accessible to children. Which, of course, wouldn't apply to her because she does promote it in a way that's accessible to children. Yeah. That's the issue. Um, yeah. So you know, and again, this kind of goes to your point. As a journalist, you publish the story, and now parents know, and it's up to them. You know, are they okay with it? Are yeah. they not okay with it? Um, and if nothing else, I mean, you know, this is, look, I'll be, this is a, you know, a, what, what, 40 years old. She's an attractive lady. I think that this promotes her only fans. She probably makes more money on only fans after the story breaks. It probably blows her only fans up. She makes more money. She doesn't need to teach at Starbase anymore. Um, so it's not like this is sabotaging her ability to earn. I think it's probably going to inflate it. Um, but I yeah, think I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to kill her, 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 um, ability to make a living. I'm trying to. I'm. I am trying to uh, simply be a journalist, tell a story about people, you know. And I mean, she's obviously getting money. She's being publicly paid, yeah. And tell a story um, that is important for the taxpayer to know about mm-hmm. and for parents to know about. And, and I think. It. I think you know my poll, and it's a small little poll. I get it, but you know, at least my poll shows that there's a lot of people who'd be very concerned about this had, if they knew about it. Can I ask you one more question about this? And obviously, you can't give up sources and stuff like that. But how did this story land yeah. in your lap? Was it a concerned parent, or, or does, how did this happen? Yeah, so I got a tip, um, and I started digging, and then I had some pictures sent to me. And then that's so <laughs> this origi- started rolling with so it. So, again, this originated not because Clifton from French concerned, was— No, 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 from, from a concerned parent. Right, so this, did, this was not because Clifton <laughs> French was trolling OnlyFans for local people. 
<laughs> this is because somebody was concerned about their child being exposed I, to this and went to the media. I, I tell you that I need – well, because nobody else is going to cover it. Right. No, I guarantee – Casey, I guarantee you oh, – the fallout that, on this – the fallout on this for for television and print news would be atrocious. Yeah, I guarantee you that that there's at least one, if not multiple, um, local news outlets who were tipped off to this who did nothing with it. Okay, well, guarantee yeah. you. Yeah, I'm not guarantee surprised. you. This would this would be one of those toxic stories that you just don't want to deal with. You know what you're going to get afterwards. So, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Real- and um, I, I I mean I do need to apparently I do need to start trolling. Uh, only fans, though, because <laughs> this is because two this now, is right? One in just a matter of months. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like two of these stories now. All right, uh, <laughs> how, do, how do they support your site? We got to go. Please, please go to realnewsmichiana.com. Go to subscribe, nine dollars a month. Please, I need your support. Um, that's how you support uh, real news. That's how you keep these stories coming um, every single day. All right, Clifton French, appreciate the time, man. Thank you much. Hey, right. thanks, Casey. All right, take care. You can uh, find the story in the Daily Show prep today as well, but realnewsmichiana.com, it's up there, so uh, you can get all of the uh, all of the tidbits and, and the, the details on this. But, again, this this happened because a concerned parent went to the news media, which is how news is made, folks. we got more coming up, 95.3 MNC. I don't have a lot of time. We went a little bit long, obviously, with uh, Clifton French there. But, you know, I wanted to I just wanted to spend a couple more. Minutes. I just wanted to talk about this because most of you have heard me speak on on these types of issues over the years quite a bit. And most of you understand that I am not a prude. I'm not one of those individuals who has an issue with people making money um, in the adult industry. I think most of you have picked up on that over the years. And I've defended many teachers who had things that they did at night after hours when a parent happens to walk into a club and sees Mrs. Smith on the stage. And then suddenly that parent is launching a crusade to get Mrs. Smith fired. Well, you wouldn't have known about Mrs. Smith's side job unless you had gone into the club as a customer. That's Mrs. Smith, in my opinion should be allowed to have that gig. If nobody knows about it, and they're not promoting it to anybody, then Mrs. Smith is not putting children in harm's way. My issue here with this one, and I I saved a bunch of stuff too, and, and for the people out there who know this woman, or if you are listening right now because you obviously want to be angry at me and Clifton and everything else, here's here's some my advice. You have... Very graphic content available on Instagram and Facebook that is publicly available for anybody. I know because I saw it. Which includes you singing and, you know, doing little video things with very suggestive content. You've got images of yourself all over social media, freely available for anybody else, that any kid could see, where you're topless, and you just, you crop the photo right above where you would get in trouble with the platform. That's the issue. The issue is that 
you're promoting it in a way that young people can see it. And that is not okay. It's not that you're a woman. It's not that you're trying to pay off your student loans. It's the lying about it. And it's the making it freely available to minors. That is the issue. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. MNC News Time is 5.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Hey, everybody. Casey Hendrickson here. Look, I know the hot weather is here, and a lot of you have started to exercise again. Maybe you've run into this problem, muscle soreness, right? You overdo it on your first time back at the gym. You got muscle soreness, you don't know what to do with it, um, and then you don't go back to the gym. This is a very common cause of people not sticking it out. Here's the deal. Go get yourself a post-workout supplement at Nutrition HQ. This is going to reduce your recovery time. It is going to reduce your next day soreness, so that way you can get back in the gym and continue to make those gains so you can be the best version of yourself. And if you find yourself struggling to be motivated to go to the gym, get yourself a pre-workout. Everybody can motivate themselves to suck down a drink, okay? So you go, you get the pre-workout, you take the pre-workout, and I I don't know how to explain pre-workouts to people who have never taken a pre-workout before. You can't not work out. That's the best way that I can phrase it. You have a pre-workout supplement, you will have to work out. You have to burn that energy off somehow. So you're going to have to go to the gym. Pre-workouts are amazing products for motivating you to go to the gym, and they will help your performance, which means, of course, you will get your gains faster. Go to Nutrition HQ, 5804 Grape Road in Mishawaka. You mentioned me. You get a discount. You can also shop online, NHQSB, NHQSB.com. Use promo code KC20 and get 20% off. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. State and local Republican parties are calling for new investigations into 2020 election as lawsuits regarding the election fraud in Pennsylvania are moving forward. Michigan GOP lawmakers and Republican Party in Spokane uh, County, Washington, are requesting investigations into concerns regarding the 2020 election. And a case in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, has now been assigned to a judge. GOP lawmakers and Michigan House of Representatives are urging the state's attorney general, a Democrat, to investigate the Democratic Secretary of State for possible election fraud and allegations highlighted in Dinesh D'Souza's 2000 Mules ballot trafficking documentary. Um, he said, so hold on, here's the actual quote here. We write, you, we write to you today urging you to investigate and bring charges if credible evidence is found that the Secretary of State of Michigan, members of her office, and any organization's or individuals for crimes related to fraud committed in the 2020 election and crimes brought to light in the documentary 2000 Mules. Now, um, here's here's a here's a funny thing about the 2000 Mules thing, right? So you got a lot of people on the political left who are saying that the technology used in 2000 Mules to track the mules is not credible technology. Cool, nice story there. Uh, what did the FBI use to track down everybody who was in January in Washington D.C. on January 6th? Same thing. So it's good enough for the FBI to use to track people down and charge them with crimes, including some local people who have been arrested here. Um, but it's not good enough for Dinesh D'Souza to use in his movie. Got it. The letter asked the attorney general to investigate Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson 
for using $4.5 million of CARES funds to recklessly mail absentee ballot applications to all registered voters not on the permanent absentee voter list, uh, ordering Michigan clerks in October of 2020 to presume the accuracy of absentee ballot signatures. Presume the ac- Remember, um, state law requires that you verify the signature on an absentee ballot. And Jocelyn Benson threw that out. And not responding to a FOIA request by voters in groups like the Michigan Grassroots Alliance related to the voter rolls, Canton Township voters, and City of Detroit ballots. With regard to the documentary, the letter referenced individuals referred to as mules who repeatedly would visit ballot drop boxes and deposit multiple ballots allegedly for payment in states with controversial elections in 2020, such as Georgia and Pennsylvania. Uh, So again, this is a... This is just a part of a very long article on justthenews.com. And justthenews.com, for those of you who do not know, is an actual news media website. It is not a blog or news aggregator. This is a place with veteran award-winning journalists who run this website. Um, So the reason that I bring that up is there's inevitably going to be somebody out there in the audience like, ah, it's another right-wing website. That's not what justthenews.com is. Uh, As people have asked me, where can I find a really good unbiased news source? Justthenews.com is usually first on that list because they do this type of work. Um, They're real journalists, award-winning, who worked for major publications in the past and struck out on their own. And it's a great, great website for you to take a look at. There's a lot of other examples of this in other states. I don't have enough time to go through it here. Uh, We had that big Georgia update just a couple of weeks ago that we talked about with new voter fraud evidence that was presented in Georgia. So now there's a another pending case going forward in Georgia on that one. Um, Like I said before, you know, we don't know exactly what this means. It just means that you have elections that are uh, problematic, not secure. That needs to be fixed. Neither side is confident in the results of an election. Now, every time a Republican wins, Democrats uh, scream that it was stolen from them. And now we're at a point where when Democrats win, Republicans say the same thing. Uh, Republicans have a lot of evidence this time around, as opposed to previously, there was no evidence of Russia or anything like that stealing any election for for Trump away from Hillary. But nonetheless, we have to get to a point where everybody respects the results of an election because the election is secure and not manipulated. And so long as everybody believes that it was manipulated or fabricated or stolen or what have you, whether that evidence is real or not, until we get to a point where everybody can accept that it wasn't, we're going to continue to have some of the political problems that we have in this country now. More coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Hold on a second. I like touched this thing and it buzzed. It just did it again. It's, it's buzzing on me. That is weird. Something's up with my microphone, folks. Sorry. I'm just. Yep. Can you hear that? Or is it just me? It's you? I am. If I get electrocuted, avenge me. <laughs> that is me just t- touching the mic cable. If I. Seriously. If I get shocked, burn this building down and avenge me with nobody in it. So that may be bent. All right. 
Uh, Trump bashing books are bombing with sales. What? What are you talking about? That's weird. Books published by former Trump aides critical of his presidency have flopped in sales despite heavy buzz from leftist media in a rejection similar to what the public has given the J6 Tribunal TV disinformation uh, disinfomercials. I like that. How they phrase that. Headline USA. Disinfomercials. That's a good way of phrasing that. Some of the books have performed so poorly that their publishers are expected to report a loss. Several authors were issued considerable advances for the work. The cumulative total reached in the millions, according to Politico. The cumulative total of all book sales from nearly a dozen authors barely exceeded one million. Wow. You have 12 people who wrote books criticizing Trump and you only got just over a million sales? Dang. By contrast, Peter Navarro's In Trump Time managed to sell 80,218 copies, more than any of the books published by former aides who became critics. Navarro remained a faithful supporter of Trump. Dang. Only John Bolton. Trump's former national security advisor and James Comey, former FBI director, managed to earn a significant number of sales, largely during the contentious 2020 election season. Uh, Publishing executives have claimed that sales have performed poorly since Trump is no longer in the White House. Yeah, no. Here's the thing. You go back, you take a look at some of the books that were written about Clinton and, and things of that nature after the elections are over. They're still selling really well. Uh, With Trump considering a 2024 run, it seems unlikely that his tenure would be considered irrelevant. And with the mainstream media promoting the works of his detractors, there certainly wasn't a lack of awareness. This is kind of like when Pete Buttigieg wrote his book, you know, heading into running for president. Pete Buttigieg wrote that book, right? And they they weren't getting the sales that they wanted. So then every local news channel um, decided to promote his book. (laughs) We got to get him over to this, this hump. I don't remember what the hump was, 100,000 or something like that, but it was a desperate attempt to get his book sales up so that way they could get him into a category and claim a win uh, when he announced his presidency. Best-selling author. You know, get get to throw that in there. So pretty interesting uh, to look at this. So we have not only, like, anti-Trump books don't really do well, right? And this is the thing, claiming that, Trump isn't sexy enough anymore to sell anything. Doesn't really explain it because they still constantly talk about him on the news and they still constantly talk about him on social media. So suddenly people wouldn't be buying the books. That's that's a little strange. But also anti-America movies and anti-Trump movies, they don't do well in the box office either. You know, left wing kind of like fantasy films don't do well. It's just, it's not something that's very interesting to people. People want to be entertained. That doesn't entertain them. Bill O'Reilly's up next. We'll see you tomorrow.